This is Rich Sis speaking right now. Hi. And I'm Broke Sis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cigarette butt that has been stomped on. Recognize this lovely voice. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, you are indeed lovers out there. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Breonna Taylor. Ayana Dior. Sandra Bland. Michelle Cusso. Maya Hall. Pamela Turner. Atatiana Jefferson. Janet Wilson. Rhea Milton. Dominique Fells. These are the names of victims of police brutality or transphobic and racial attacks. Just 10 of the many and countless names who have lost their lives to this violence. All right. Let's get into it. Get into it. Whoo. Hello, madam. Hello, madam. How are you doing? There is a lot going on. A lot happening. A lot. A lot. A lot of people cough, cough, coughing and not wearing masks. Ciao. Le blanc. Le blanc. Um, yeah, I just, we've had a lot happening. I really would have loved for us to, you know, put out more episodes, but I, you know, life happens, COVID has happened, and we both have had some pretty significant things happen in our life in the last month or so. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But you want to talk about some off-the-cuff-ish? Yes, yes. So, obviously, we started off this episode in a way to acknowledge the Black Lives Matter movement and the current climate with police brutality and racial injustices. You know, it's hard to... It's hard, you know? being women of color and but I will say that one thing I agree with is that now is not the time to be silent or not doing anything yeah I mean everybody has to be protesting but I think that the important a key thing to note is that this is everyone's problem not just the problem of, of black people so yeah. I agree with you on that. And I'll just want to, you know, some things that have been weighing and like have not been lost on me. So first of all, I just want to say like for us, you know, I've been trying to think through like, what do we want to do? How do we want to talk about this? And I think that for us, these are topics that we touch on a lot. We This is already like a cornerstone of our podcast right right? yes so I don't want to act brand new and I want to make sure that we're all but I also want to make sure we're you know on topic right um uh but one thing that I do like one of the things that has been weighing on me that is for some people might be a little bit far away now is you know the situation with Lana Del Rey and also the situation with Allison Roman and their white lash at women of color 
I think those things happened right before the these massive protests that you're seeing right now, right before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that these are things that people have that um, people of color, black women have been talking about for a long time. But this sort of like white lash that you see, this, you know, so just just as a quick recap for people who may not remember or don't know, Alison Roman is a sort of like a chef and sort of like, like home goods personality in a way. And she came after Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo basically saying some really disparaging things about them in an interview being like, oh, wow, like I would hate to be like them. Um, I don't have the exact quote, but basically she basically said that they sold out. And she said, you know, I don't want to do what they did um, and, and like go and A, have shows or TV shows or B, monetize my, you know, monetize my social media. Meanwhile, Alison Roman has a show that's supposed to come out that is actually executive produced by Chrissy Teigen. And Chrissy Teigen has been an advocate for this woman. Chrissy Teigen is an Asian woman. Alison Roman is a white woman. Marie Kondo is an Asian woman. Alison Roman is a white woman. These women are putting in work. And honestly... I didn't know who the fuck Allison Roman was. I really don't give a fuck who you are. Still don't if that's know. Your, if that's your grind, more power to you. I know there's a lot of people who like her stuff. I know that I like, as far as Chrissy Teigen, I feel like she's really worked hard to prove herself as a chef, to prove herself as more than just like a model or a pretty face mm-hmm. or like John Legend's mm-hmm. wife, because unfortunately that's what you have to do, right? When you have an EGOT winner as your freaking husband, right? Right. And like she's worked really hard and has advocated for Allison Roman. So I'm one of those people that's like, okay, you know, if Chrissy Teigen, who's really built something, is advocating for this woman, Alison Roman, I would have been one of these people that would have been like, let me click the Alison Roman link and see what she's about. Right. Let me get the book. Let me see where she's going. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I was never big on the Marie Kondo phase, but I mean, we watched um, the show, you know, Marie Kondo show. And, you know, it's just, again, why are you coming after women of color for working hard and demanding to get paid? Right. Why? And, and, and not to mention... You chose to go after women of color when there's plenty of white mm. women and plenty literally of literally dominate the space who are doing that. They literally dominate the space. They do- white women dominate that space, but you pick these two women. Why? So then Lana Del Rey's bum ass comes out after the whole backlash to Alison Roman and does the same, basically the same thing for music and singles out. You know, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, uh, Meg The Stallion. Oh, she throws Ariana Grande in there too, which kind of had me like, girl, boo. We 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 girl, see what you're doing. Bye. Talking about, oh, can I can I do my love songs now? Can I do my songs? I'm like, nobody's stopping you. About? Do whatever you want. Like, what are you talking sit about? Sit down. You're mad Just because be- no one's paying attention to you. Thank you. You're mad because you're not because they're having a moment and their their careers they are having sustained moments and you're not right like I people don't forgot understand. who you were again you are having a backlash like you are lashing out against basically women of color 
we see what you're doing. Don't think you sprinkle a little Ariana Grande in there and we, we don't, girl, stop. You are coming, and mind you, Doja Cat, she talks about Doja Cat too. Doja Cat, Meg Thee Stallion just started their, just started their careers. Lana Del Rey has been out longer than them. You think they don't have backlash? Girl, get get the fuck out of here with your bullshit. Like, really? I'm just like, really? I was just like, wow. You know what's like, funny too? I told you I'm reading that book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. What's so funny is that right in the beginning, one of the things that it mentions is people out there like privileged white women and I don't remember if it said that I do remember it saying something about privileged white people but saying that they care about these things because they literally have nothing else to give a passionate fuck about once you don't have something important to you and something important going on that you have to pay attention to and you put your time towards then you start looking for any and everything that you could give a crap about in short you got nothing better to do Right. And but that's my thing too is like you're mad because you're not at that level. I'm like, do you know Beyonce has been in this industry for decades? Like stop. Decades. Before you were a blip bitch, before you was oops, excuse me, before you was a blip <laughs> honey, before you was a thought Lana Del Douche, Beyonce Oop. was here. <laughs> Beyonce was here, honey, making hits, honey. Okay, you could only dream to cover Beyonce's work, okay? Cover it. I'm like, I don't understand why, like, and, and my thing to this is like, again, now that people are calling for changes, it's not just about, you know, police brutality. They're talking about different industries. They're coming after publishing. They're talking about the beauty industry. They're talking about executives. They're talking about, they're talking about workplaces, nonprofit, public sector, everything. There's a lot of white women like this. And this stuff works, this plays out in the workplace all the time. Mm-hmm. It has been my own experience that when white women see you doing well, they start to feel some type of way and they want to target you. They will mm-hmm. find any reason to make it seem like, oh, well, okay, well, you had your moment. Is it my turn yet? Is it my turn yet? Is it right. my turn yet? And it's like, your turn is whenever your turn comes. That's not, I'm not in charge of your turn, quote unquote. Right. Like, what are you talking about? Right. I was like, girl, if you don't get your ass the fuck out of here, when people have been working for decades to have what they have now, as if these women don't get backlash too. And you know what? That's to me says a lot about the mentality people have about equality, especially now. And one of the things that's being brought up is like Black Lives Matter does not mean that Black Lives Matter more than any other life. You know what I mean? Right. And once you say Black Lives Matter, they're like, oh, my God, they want to be superior. Like nobody's saying that. Right. Right. You shouldn't have a problem with Black Lives Matter if you don't have a problem with not fixating yourself as superior to everyone else. Yep. There's that fear of if I'm not superior, then I'm going to be inferior. But it's like, okay, all we're asking for is for equality. And you're so afraid of not being superior. You're so afraid of not having the power of the oppressor. Right. And that, that like, I just, and I just want to say a hearty, <laughs> a hearty F you. To white women like this who feel threatened by the progress of others as if there for some reason will not be space for them 
in the ethos and that hearty fucking <laughs> extends to you jk rowling hearty Oop. hearty you will not be coming for our trans sisters okay Oop. hearty f you madam okay Damn. next on the docket well well for once i have a f you as well well well, well. finally i'm not the only one <laughs> I would like to give a hearty, healthy, big fat FU to the people who criticize the Parasite movie for not being in English. Have a seat. If you're mad it's not in English, then don't Seven watch the movie. Seats. Period. Goodbye. Right. Goodbye. It's not for Read you the, then. It's, it, like, uh, hello. It's not for you then. Goodbye. Goodbye. They didn't have to give us subtitles in the first place. So have several seats it was an amazing movie period period goodbye don't ring my doorbell okay oh my gosh people be on it all right so moving on to the culture probe let's get which is really i think this so this episode we're doing something a little bit different our culture probe is more of a life update facts lots of things have happened and we want to sort of share our stories um, for a couple of reasons. One, I do think that it's, you know, we've had, the, first of all, being in the epicenter of COVID in the U.S. is a struggle. Facts. And so I think we also want to talk about how that works, how that has been for us and what we've done since all of that started, since you last heard from us. Um, yes, so yes, yes. So, Broxis, I'll let you start. So... It's been about three months, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So three months in quarantine. Yeah, I started off at school, and my school was one of the kind of the later one of the later schools in our area to really to close down. They were trying to really plan. I will say they tried to really plan and and keep us updated on stuff. And so when they finally did close, it was right before our spring break. And so I stayed there in isolation. Actually, right, it was like right before all of this even hit the fan. I had just had the flu, right? And I stayed at school until the semester ended. And I, you know, then I moved home. It's definitely different because, because my school closed, it was fairly empty. So coming home to a more densely populated area was like a little bit like a stark difference for me but I've been trying to keep to myself keep my distance do what I can to protect myself and really be be conscious and cautious I know people think and it's so funny because the day I moved back actually just seeing people outside I was like why are these people acting like because around that time people were celebrating graduations that day and so people were outside as if quarantine was over. And I'm like, why are people outside like quarantine is over? Like quor- quarantine is not like over. Quarantine is ongoing, madam. Right, exactly. Or physical distancing. We should be let using me tell correct you. Our terminology. Physical distancing is exactly. continuing. Exactly. And let me tell you something. When it's done and everything's open and, you know, blah, 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 I'm still not going to be the first one out there trying to go see if I'm going to get sick. Okay. I will let the pawns go outside and test it for the rest of us. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Okay? I'm sorry. But you want to run free outside, then 
I can't stop you, but Word. I wouldn't advise it. Word. But so with quarantine, I did get stir crazy. I did um, get restless. I had a couple spells of restlessness that were pretty bad. My motivation went down. It was it was kind of a bit of a struggle. And obviously it's tragic. What I will say that I can take away that was good for me was being forced to slow down. I did still have work to do. I did still have stuff to do and and things piling up. And it was stressful ending off my semester that way. But forcing me to stay in one spot, forcing me to sort of sit still really helps me to slow down. And um, I was still stressed, but it helped me to slow down. And I think I really needed that. I'm glad that you got a chance to slow down. Um, I feel like I've heard sort of varying versions where people, some people have said they kind of ramped up and threw themselves into things, which I think, you know, depending on your personality can be a good for you, you know, because this is also a traumatic time. So that's a coping mechanism for many people. Yeah. And then I've heard also stories of people being like, you know, I just took it as a time to slow down. And so, yeah. I'm glad you had that time and sort of rested and everything or are resting. Yes, I'm I'm still trying to rest and still trying to be, for me, I can get very emotionally worked up when dealing with like a lot of things being thrown at me on social media, not for COVID, but for the racial injustices. That's, that is what really hits me harder. Um, as far as COVID yeah I saw things about COVID on social media that didn't stress me out as much as the racial injustices the police brutality and all that that is being that we're seeing now right so I'm definitely trying to set my boundaries in terms of how much time I spend on social media sort of you know yes I want to be active and yes I I don't want to be no I don't want to be silent but I need to have my sanity because in terms of COVID driving me crazy, that has nothing on these racial injustices and these killings that that has nothing on, on that for me. So that is what I have to be, be more careful about. And I'm definitely trying to do that. I will say some people may need a little more work on, decreasing their social media time and um, I hope they find that balance not saying any names but I'm talking to rich sis okay y'all in case y'all didn't get it okay excuse <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyways right so that's your that's but all your update that's your that's my last update. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh okay my bad I was like I know that's not it well my last update is that your girl ain't single no more so i know i know don't cry don't cry okay i'm sorry i told y'all what to do i dropped hints and if you snooze you lose okay so your girl ain't on the market no more hey boo (laughs) and that's that 
All right. Well, letting it be known that she is snatched and taken off the market. Snatched. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how does it feel? I have a follow-up question to that. How Uh-oh. was it dating in quarantine, one, and locking it down during a time of social, you know, physical distancing? Like, you know, it's really what funny. What was that like? What's really funny is that a friend of mine asked me that question, too, and I was like, why do you ask? And she was like, because I'm trying to figure out why I'm still single. <laughs> but Listen, basically whole marriages is being torn apart right now so people need to know <laughs> <laughs> but i would say basically facetime has been a big contributor to that and whether it's facetime and we're not speaking facetime just for company facetime like having our own Netflix party where we FaceTime and watch shows at the same time. So then we can talk shit about the shows together. (laughs) Also being able to have hard discussions, being able to say, Hey, like um, I need to have my own time right now. We've been on FaceTime too long. Goodbye. Call you back later tomorrow, whatever the case. We also did send each other packages. I sent a birthday gift and he sent me like a care package so yeah really just keeping that line of communication open if you're annoyed saying you're annoyed (laughs) you know definitely facetime has been a huge huge contributor to that even if we're not you know like even if he's watching his show i'm watching my show but we're on facetime doing our own thing or whatever right um especially when you're you know especially for me being kind of locked up by myself when I was still on campus, really only by myself. So being able to see a familiar face and really, really being trying to be thoughtful and yeah, did a lot of watching shows together or separately. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Any advice for those looking for love during physical distancing? I would say definitely be aware of someone who's concerned for your well-being in a time like this your health and your well-being should be put first and if that person's not concerned about that then mm, mm, mm. yeah um i would also say to be honest it's i am one of those people that believes like when you're not looking for it is when it shows up when you're not actively like trying so hard to find it is when it shows up so that is how ha- that's what happened to me and that has happened to me multiple times okay shoot any last words on your time in physical distancing um don't take online classes <laughs> as if that's a choice right now <laughs> i know in in a in an ideal world where we had classes in person i would say don't take online classes or de- don't take the classes that were originally online because that mm. this I took one of those this semester and let me tell you, okay? Yeah. Never again. I A will not permit my children that. to do that, okay? <laughs> Just that is all. All right. Yes, yes. I'm happy for you. Especially, you. especially, you know, this is a hard transition, I think. I, you know, when you kind of have a groove going, especially when it comes to classes, mm-hmm. that's a abrupt and difficult transition. So tell us about your mm-hmm. quarantine and your updates. Ooh, Give us the tea. Give us the information. I mean, 
I will be honest with y'all, like my quarantine was a is and has been in a roller coaster and it is. It still is. Um when everything broke in New York, the company that I was working for basically closed. I was the first one in the company to be let go. And it was a really weird time. It was a really weird time because I was simultaneously trying to be compassionate for staff that I had hired and trained mm-hmm. while also trying like also realizing and understanding and seeing firsthand just like what leadership is and what leadership shouldn't be right um that was hard we we lost we we had people in the company pass away from covid um Mm. and that was difficult and it was also difficult to be like okay what's my next move gonna be you know my my partner and i we had made plans to move like in january and so we were actively working towards those plans and had, you know, we were figuring, we were basically like, okay, you know, come the end of our lease is what we're going to do. But, you know, things really changed with COVID because I got let go and then things were basically up in the air with my partner's company. And we quickly found ourselves in a situation where we both were like, okay, we have to get new jobs. Right. It was crazy, but honestly, it was also a blessing at the same time because I think, I will say like in the beginning, I was incredibly anxious and I called on all my knowledge, all my understanding of my mental health, um, of different, you know, practices that you can use to improve your mental health and to improve, you know, your thought processes um, and to, you know, help get rid of anxiety. I called on all of those because when I tell you I couldn't sleep, my heart was racing every day, every night. Um, I was like really going through it because I'm one of those people like I feel like I feel an affinity to Amanda Seals when she says I be knowing because I really I feel like I'm one of those. <laughs> like I was like when we were when we when everything started happening, like I remember um, Boosie being like, oh, you know, let me, uh, him being like, oh, let me take some trash out. And he tried to open the door and it wouldn't open because I had, you know, you latch that latch at the t- at the door. We never used that. We had two locks on our door. We never used that. And he was like, you starting to use that? And I was like, yes. Because to me, seeing what was happening with so many people being out of work, so many people being sick and dying, those are the recipes for civil unrest, for protests, for people to take to the streets because they're tired and they're upset. Listen, I was was hiding my stuff. I was like... I was hiding my stuff. Yeah, I was like, it's not like we have... It's not... we And we was like, we're not hoarding. Like, we... First of all, we live in a small apartment in New York City. We don't have space to hoard. (laughs) But at the same time, like, we live in an area that's very dense. We live not not that far from a jail you know this is new york city like we have to like those are the things that were causing me anxiety right but also like from all my knowledge of the way things happen and the way things have happened historically i understood i was like the way 45 is moving right now 
we could very well have people start rioting in the streets of New York City if people right. don't start making legitimate policy changes really quickly. Yep. And I'm I'm talking about unemployment, I'm talking about rent, I'm talking about everything because the way businesses were shutting down, the way people were getting sick, I was like, y'all are not acting fast enough. So I was like, we don't live in no fancy building or nothing. But that also, to me, I was just like, nah, I don't want none of it. And right. They're not acting I'm, fast enough, but they were acting with the quickness to get the SWAT team or the right. to the exactly. protests, to exactly. the peaceful protests. That's, that Exactly, exactly. And so I was like, that was, so this was before the protests started. I started doing that. And I told him, I was like, well, you never know what happened because, you know, I don't want to spread my anxieties to him. Right. But also, like, I was like, mm. I'm starting to see, I'm seeing the makings of a lot of civil unrest right now. Also knowing that like my mind is probably going from zero to 60. Basically when we're in Brooklyn, we're figuring out, okay, well, what are we going to do? What are our job prospects? What is this? Da, da, da. And I was like, look, you know, right now I'm going to look for jobs. I'm going to see what my options are. You know, I'm going to try and figure out unemployment. I would like, like, I totally feel for anybody that's out there. And I'm one of those people right now that doesn't care about looting. And this is the reason why. I was, I was one of the first to be laid off. I never saw a dime of unemployment. Never. Mm. Never saw a dime of unemployment. And I've never been on unemployment before. I've never, and people, people pay for this. This is a right that you pay for in your paycheck when you work. Right. Whenever you're taxed, whenever you pay taxes, you are paying for this. And basically, like, I never saw a dime of unemployment. People who had been who had lost their jobs after me were getting unemployment before me. When I tell you, I never saw nothing. Not one motherfucking damn dime. Wow. Nothing. Okay. What bothered me, what, and that's why I was like, the way this is going on, the way this system is designed to make people wait and to keep people out at a massive time of need, yep, there's going to be issues going down the line. So basically, we were, we were incredibly fortunate. I got a new job. My partner got a new job. We moved cross country. Amen. If you follow us on social media, if you follow us on Twitter, y'all know I do the Twitter, you will have seen that I have been very active in the Seattle community. We moved to Seattle. Um, it's been about a month now. I started a new job um, and we made that happen. And it was really, really insane. That, that, that was part of the reason why we were not able to get an episode out because like, you know, we moved, we flew out. We, 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 you know, took Delta. Listen, if you're flying, take Delta. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> um, we social distance on the plane. We did not sit next to each other on the plane. We had our mask on. We had face shields on, Lysol wipes, everything to try and keep us safe. Um, then we quarantined for two weeks when we got here. We did not leave our apartment. We did not get close to people. Um, and we've been really like, we, in that regard, we've been really, really fortunate. Now we hit Seattle and the protests start. And again, if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see that there's been a lot of stuff going on in Seattle for a while now. And we live in downtown. And we, you know, the president is now talking about the autonomous zone, Capitol Hill autonomous zone. And I just want to say, like, 
if you're concerned about the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, you should be more concerned about why Fox News is doctoring photos and is photo showing showing you photoshopped images of what's happening in Seattle right now. You can look to see the Seattle Times to find out this information. You can look to NPR to find out what's actually happening. We were having protests in Seattle and they were using, they were basically, basically, and what was happening in many cities started happening here. Mm-hmm. They invoke a quarantine, I mean, not quarantine, a, a curfew. Right. So that they can get people off the streets. And then what happens is when people don't want to leave, then they start using force. Right. And it would be violent. And they use so much mace and whatever, pepper spray, whatever the fuck chemicals they were using. They use so much on the protesters that people inside of their houses were feeling it. Inside of their houses. Now, let me tell you something about Seattle that many of people probably don't know. If you're not from here, you don't live here. Seattle's not an AC place. This is not a place where you're going to have people with ACs in their windows or even like central air and stuff like that because it doesn't get hot like that, but for maybe 15, 10, 15 days of the year. So these are people who are in their homes. It's 50 degrees out. So it's not like people are, it's not like it's, you know, summer breeze and everybody's trying to have their windows open and stuff like that. No, 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 no. They gassed these neighborhoods so badly that people with their windows closed, people in high rises in downtown Seattle were getting, were coughing and getting sick off of these chemicals. Okay? Ridiculous. The mayor said they were not going to use chemicals and then they did it again. This is pre-Seattle Autonomous Zone. Every night for probably, there there were nights on end where I was like, for almost a week where I was at minimum, hearing a helicopter, if not flashbangs and rubber bullets being used. Okay? Y'all, Fox News and 45, he don't care about that. They don't care. I understand that this is happening in many cities. Okay? But now that the Seattle, you know, the, the Chaz, we're calling it the Chaz, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, is here, none of that. I haven't had near a rubber bullet. No, po- no police activity on my block. So, None question: What is the what's the what's the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone? So I I want to get to that. I, I just want to be clear because I see that there's a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. That the this is this is what was happening pre Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, and the that's why we have the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone now is because people were protesting and wanted to march and they were being stopped. There's a lot of video of this. It's all, it's there. Okay? So the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, basically what happened was after the people like, basically the locals, me, people who were marching, people who weren't marching, made basically were calling for the governor to resign because people were being gassed in their homes. People are being brutalized on the streets. Lots of video, mothers, kids, pregnant women. It was no hold bars out there at times. It was crazy. Then they decided it as a de-escalation tactic that they were what they were gonna do is um a bit not basically have the police officers leave the 12th precinct and allow people. And this is an abbreviated version, but 
they were going to allow the protesters to march to Pike and Pine, which was like where they wanted to go. They wanted to go past a certain, the barricade, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Western barricade is what we've been calling it. And okay. the reason why they weren't letting them do that at night and why there was another reason for clashes was because they felt that what you saw in Minneapolis ha- was going to happen here, that people were, that somebody was going to burn down the police station. They were getting threats, which is uh, 100% true. We saw it on social media. We like the protesters have been talking about it. The police have been talking about it. There have been threats of arson to that precinct. And they were like, we don't want anybody going past here because threats of arson. But basically they were like, look, this is our neighborhood. We want to be able to enjoy our neighborhood and march in our neighborhood. So as a de-escalation technique, they basically said, okay, we're not going to use any chemical weapons for, this is less than a week ago now. Um, we're, we're, um, we're not, we're not going to use um, any chemical weapons for 30 days. We're going to let you move past, we're going to move past the barricade and we're going to let you do your thing. And so they set up a six block perimeter and they basically are like, they basically were like, we're going to let you use this area. So that's where the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone sort of like popped up. Mm-hmm. They decided since we're going to be protesting here, one, we don't want people who want to take advantage of this movement and use it to be violent. People have literally like regular citizens have said like, we're going to post up. We're going to protect the precinct because if people come here and set the precinct on fire, the protests are going to be blamed. Black Lives Matter right. is going to be blamed. Right. And so they, so that's what's been happening. But they also were like, we want it to be a place where people can march, rally, grieve, do art, come together. When I tell you, like, there's been movies, there's been cotton candy, and all this, you can see all this on video. Movie night cotton candy indigenous group like for the first time i'm seeing indigenous groups come down and there are bands every night um it's like literally almost like like almost like what you would consider kind of like what mardi gras is Mm -hmm. but for black lives and they've done art that all the businesses are open there's mutual aid there's medic tents there's a lot going down over there right and so it has been is it perfect? No. They are working to make sure they they continue to center, you know, black voices. Right. But you have to remember that there's not a lot of black people in Seattle. There's a lot of there's there's people of color. There's not a lot of black people. Um, and that's a history I won't get into. But there's not a lot of black people. It's a like, and I mean, black people are only thirteen percent of the population in the U.S. Just let's just let that we are a right. minority. Like, right. so you know, it is. It can be hard to, I think, especially in a place like Capitol Hill, this this neighborhood, Capitol Hill, to have Black people centered. I think, especially during COVID, when people COVID when people have gotten sick, especially when, you know, it's you know th- it requires people to sort of come together in big groups to do a lot of this work. Right. Yeah. And so, for me. I've been saying, like, do I think it's perfect? No, but there's been also a lot of attempts of people trying to harass businesses. Like, basically, something that happened yesterday was some man from Missouri, Missouri, was calling up Seattle businesses in the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone 
and was saying that he's from the Chaz and he demands money and da 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 da. What? This man is in Missouri. This man is in Missouri. You have a lot of people who are coming from outside of Seattle, outside of Washington, a lot of white supremacist groups. And this is, these white supremacist groups, like this has been a thing for weeks now. They're walking around, their graffiti is around. We see it, Wooski and I hear about it. And that's one of the things that has us like, okay, we're new to this neighborhood. So we have to be really thoughtful about what we do because we also have to be really thoughtful about our safety. Like there are groups that are actively planning to come here to start mess. Right. Yeah. And so for me, do I think the autonomous zone is, is perfect? No. But I also think at the end of the day, people are not getting, there was a, there was two instances where people drove, drove their cars into the crowd. So since that, since, you know, and the, and the Chaz is very new, but what I know is that it went from mace and tear gas and pepper spray and helicopters and rubber bullets to movies and cotton candy and music. Right. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all right. I'm going to say. And, and, and a lot of these outlets are putting out things that are act like actively are actively doctoring things. Right. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I'm on the ground and, you know, we're being very diligent, particularly because we're new. I want to like, I want to be understand. I'm hyper understanding, I guess you could say, of the fact that I'm not of this community. I'm new to this community, even though I'm black. I'm not of this community in particular. And so I right. have to be careful of and diligent about my role. So I've been quite active. If you follow Richest Brokesis, you will see. But I was thinking I might just get a new handle. I don't know if I want to put all that stuff on the Richest Brokesis stuff. I might just get a different Twitter. But for the most part, like, that's basically been the thing, like, what's been going on. Like, we kind of went... We, we, we came, we went from the frying pan and into the fire. Like, honestly, like it was major COVID situation and job stuff in New York to here where we felt like, oh, we'll have, it'll be better and like, you know, more peaceful because New York was hit really hard to then figuring, finding out like, oh, hold up. Hold on there. It's not like, it's not just protests. It's protests right outside our door. Like, I cannot tell you the anxiety and underlying stress it gives you to hear that every night. Like every night. That is really stressful to wake up and smell the remnants of pepper spray and like tear gas in your kitchen is not fun. So it's that part of it too is, has been anxiety inducing and I'm, you know, again, calling on all on all of my techniques and everything that I've learned to try and make sure that I'm good, that Booski's good, because, you know, we, for better or worse, like, if I walk out my door, like, and cross the wrong person, I could be a target. We have gone yeah. out, but, like, you know, we're keeping it, we're going, we're trying to go out early, mm-hmm. you know, because keeping my ear to these Twitter streets, I see a lot of people trying to start mess for no reason. So that being said, this is what progress looks like. This is what progress looks like. It's messy. And it's hard. It is. So 
It is. Yeah, please be be careful and continue to be diligent. But yeah. oh yeah, yeah. It, Boosie's making sure that I'm diligent because he because I wanted to I, I wanted to be out there and Boosie was like calm that ass down, <laughs> which is which is fair. <laughs> Did I tell you that Daddy texted me and was like I thought you got arrested for peacefully protesting? I was like dang, I feel judged. <laughs> Well, also, I told you, mommy thought the same thing, like, yeah, that I had gotten arrested or gone to a process or something. I'm like, I didn't know that you were calling me urgently. I thought you just wanted me to, like, fix the cable box and I wasn't around. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's, it's a reasonable concern. You know, it is. People it are is. going out there. And I think we should talk about that at some point, not necessarily in this episode, but like finding your place in the movement in in a sustainable way, because Mm -hmm. I think that this is not something like this is a particular moment, but this movement is ongoing. And like for me, I haven't talked a lot about my particular work, but I've, I've been doing this work for almost a decade now. Like I've been pushing things, like I've been in public service. I've worked in, you know, juvenile justice and education. I've worked with marginalized communities for almost 10 years now. So Mm -hmm. like for me, I've been doing this work for a while and I love seeing this, but I also have to find what my place is too. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm also trying to find where my place is and what makes sense and what's sustainable for me. Right. And like, just using our podcast as an example, like people are pulling up black businesses and I'm just like, look, we haven't updated our Instagram in that long, but look at our feed. Look at our feed. Our feed is full of black businesses. Our feed is full of businesses that are gender neutral. Our feed is full of businesses that are women owned, BIPOC people like owned and run, you know what I'm saying? Like this is not right. new to us. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't necessarily feel like I need to, like, I think I'm always learning, of course. I'm always growing, right? But I'm also just like, okay, in this new moment, what is my role given that I've been doing a lot of work already? Like, what does that look like for me? I can definitely relate to that, trying to figure out what is my role in in a sustainable way. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, you know, for me personally, protesting is not sustainable for me. So I have to figure out what are what are my skills and what do I have to offer? What do I have that I can do that adds to the movement? And yeah. I think a lot of people are, are dealing with that right now, as they should be. Trying yeah, to figure exactly. That out, as opposed to sitting down and being like, well, I, I don't know. You know, there are ways to, to get involved. I also want to note, like... Those of you who have not been acting but want to slide into my text messages and slide into my DMs, you can miss me with that too. I'ma just Well, well. Pow pow. Pow 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 pow. I'ma just I'ma just, you know. I'm just like, you know, you know, it's, yeah, you can miss me with that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like I know my friends who are not black, 
who have actively like I don't who have who we actively talk about this who actively work against this like you don't I don't I'm, you know I'm not talking to you but like y'all who are sliding in my text trying to be like oh I'm not racist you can miss me with all of that goodbye <sighs> well what is next on the agenda um is that all for your update actually that is, I think that's all for my update. I mean, a lot has happened. It's been a couple months, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is all yeah. for my update. And I think, like, I'm hoping that we can put out episodes more consistently. So it's the, like, you know, the, like, we can be more more close to real-time updates. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Because, I mean, the struggle is real. <laughs> it is real. Um, real tangible. Yeah. Um, but definitely want to stress the importance of mental health I think a lot of the times well first of all there's a history of us as people of color not really um, paying so much attention to mental health and this this climate can really take a toll so I definitely want to stress that there are resources and there are ways to, to cope so yeah yeah and that's become extremely clear to me these past couple of weeks yeah and also like uh, oh just a final note like in this whole situation like everyone is dealing with the covid the massive job loss and economic struggles and now you know the racial issues of this country like that's gonna be hard so take breaks. It's okay to take breaks. And may I add, America, that the longer that we waited to acknowledge these effing problems, the worse it, the blow up became. Okay? Just saying. Just calling out the people who didn't want to acknowledge the truth about the history and the effects that it has had. Period. Wow. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> it was gonna be hard from the beginning. But now, with all that this country has done to ignore us. We tried to tell you. Mm-hmm. We tried to tell you. It's come to that time. Yes. Of that time over the day. Yes. Of the episode. <laughs> Mildly unicorn. Pow pow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, I try to come up with something new every time. I just be doing monthly unicorn. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah, consistent. You are consistent. Uh-uh. All right. So time for our monthly unicorns. First one is a line called "Not Our Girls," and you can follow them on Instagram at not underscore our underscore girls. And so basically, it's a line that sells books apparel and um things of that nature in an effort to speak up about sex trafficking and it's really about anti-sex trafficking and so the way that they do it is that they have these superhero characters who instead of calling them victims they're superheroes and they're illustrated as superheroes um for surviving sex trafficking 
and going against sex trafficking. So I just wanted to shout that out. I, it's very kid friendly. Um, and I thought it was was really awesome. So shout out to them. Monthly Unicorn right there. Monthly hey. Unicorn. Nice. Yes, yes. I would like to shout out the Stoop podcast. Um, it's a podcast that is hosted by um, two black women and I in particular was introduced to them via their um, episode 38, the black that black tax episode. Um, and mm-hmm. honestly, like I love like to me, like first of all, I love the name and their and their like sort of like aesthetic their artwork and everything Mm -hmm. but I also love that they talk about um in this particular episode about the black tax like I felt like they talked about experiences of um immigrants uh black immigrants of you know first generation Americans and of like African Americans like black Americans who are who live in the U.S. and who have were born in the U.S. and have their heritage steeped in the U.S. for like multiple generations and I feel like they talk a lot about some like really interesting topics and in particular for the black tax I don't know I think that hit me in particular because of all the economic stuff that's going on right now that's hitting the black community and unemployment with COVID. And also, you know, we're first gen and we deal, we deal with those same issues. And so um, I just want to shout them out and say, thank you because y'all are killing it. Um, So if you want to listen to them, you can go to the stoop.org. They're on Instagram at the stoop podcast. And yeah, you can listen to them on their website, but I believe they're also on um, other, wherever you can find like podcasts. So yeah. Awesome. I like the sound of that. Yeah. They're, they're dope. The next unicorn is never have I ever on Netflix. Okay. First of all, yo, yo. Come on, like the world been needed this. The main character is Indian and her two best friends are also women of color and they are the main characters, okay? The main characters. Now, I will say that, you know, it's it's like a coming of age type of show and it was great. I watched the whole thing and um, I just love seeing that diversity in the main characters. And I I also appreciate the representation with there being a character with Down syndrome. Oh, yeah. And I think just overall, just, you know, like, representation is is golden in the show. And I really appreciated it. Appreciated stories being told. Yeah, I I appreciate the show very much. That is definitely a monthly unicorn. And we need more stories with with different types of representation like that monthly unicorn I'm excited to watch it thank you for that that is thebomb.com watch it i know i learned things from watching it so definitely 10 out of 10 recommend all right yeah well i want to shout out the protesters and everyone that's out on the street protesting quote unquote peacefully um i find that the term peaceful protesters to be like sort of ironic or like it's almost like a misnomer like protesting is not supposed to be peaceful in that sense like obviously we don't want violence but the point of a protest is to disrupt right that is the point 
it's supposed to disrupt your day. It's supposed to stop you in your tracks. It's supposed to get you to pay attention. So no, we don't want violence. We don't want people getting hurt or anything like that. But understand for people who are saying like peaceful protesters that that doesn't mean that we're here to make you feel comfortable right the point is to make you feel uncomfortable because if you're comfortable then what what's going to move you to change exactly the point is of protest is to get you to say oh what is going on why why is this happening what is this issue and to see things in a different light because it is disrupting your regularly scheduled programming okay and yes i mean programming in the sense of what you are programmed to think about and care about on a regular basis so understand that also like i really don't care about a target or a cheesecake factory like i care about the safety of the workers but please understand that people who are looting this i'm just gonna circle it back to the richness that was put in that latch on that door because what i saw when i was putting that latch on that door was people who have no jobs who don't have income and who are being forced to pay rent and utilities or find themselves on the street. Right. Shout out to Ithaca, the city of Ithaca for being the first city, Ithaca, New York, the first city to cancel rent until the end of the year, because that is why people are really looting. People, they are unheard, but more and even more so a lot of these people, young, white, black, everything in between they do not have jobs and don't know when they will be able to work because of COVID. Exactly. Okay. So y'all from number 45 talking about the economy so great and da da da. He lying. People are out there fending for their lives and getting things because they don't have their basic necessities met. Exactly. So basic necessities. Note that basic. that is why a lot of that looting is happening. Okay. That is all. Monthly unicorn to the protesters and then lastly to the frontline workers who are still out there especially i'm I'm just gonna say to to everyone but especially those who are are black frontline workers because dealing with this climate exactly dealing with this climate and still going to work still dealing with with something as terrible and treacherous as covid is tough they're still out there Yes, They're still and working hard. Still dying. Exactly. And mass. It's hard. It's hard. And and not to mention the mental effects of seeing so many people dying every day. Seeing it up close in your mm-hmm. face. Yep. So shout out to the frontline workers as well. So that's that for today. Alright. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, please hit us up. Send us your questions. Send us your concerns, your commentary to richesbrokesis at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at richesbrokesis. Yes, you can. Deuce deuces. Bye. Thank you for listening. Our music is May the Chords Be With You by Computer Music All-Stars.